Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. As always, I am your host, Rudo3, joined by AJ Hayfley. And while we already knew we were going to be talking about training camp, and of course we will get into that a little bit, we also have the announcement that Nathan McKinnon, alongside Leon Dreisaitl and Artemi Panarin, has been nominated for the Ted Lindsay Award. If you don't know what that is, that is the MVP of the league as voted by the NHL Players Association. So who the players think the best player in the, the league was. It's the second time McKinnon has been up for this award. He has not won it, but you got to think he's got a pretty decent chance this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm. I don't. I don't feel great about it because uh, the. I just am not naturally optimistic about awards, but I, I. I mean, I think it says a whole lot that it's the second time in I think three years that he's been a finalist for this. Um. He's. He's the real deal, man. And players, players are constantly in awe watching him. You know, we we sit in the press box next to opposing team personnel, which is uh, frequently player scratches, and it's the real thing. Those guys are in awe of watching Nathan McKinnon play every day. Uh, the things that he does, it's not it's not just us mere mortals sitting in the stands and and in the press box watching him who are like oh my gosh this is incredible the it's best the players point in the world feel the same way 1% of the best players in the world are looking at him and and just in awe of what he can do you got to you got to respect it for sure that there are not many people that have ever been this good at hockey let alone, you know, 
in the league. And obviously that's big company to put him with, but career still young, still has plenty to go. But the debate that I did want to get into a little bit here, and I do think it's an interesting one. You have the MVP award as voted on by the writers, uh, the NHL writers association members versus the Ted Lindsay award. And when it comes to the award show, when it comes to general perception, the Ted Lindsay is kind of this weird other award, whereas most people view the actual MVP award as the best player in the league. But I think there's a solid case to be made that maybe the Ted Lindsay should be valued more. I think it definitely should be. Who knows these guys better? The, each other or yep. us? You know, guys like me. I I is is experienced and as educated as some of the some of the hockey writers are. Some of my colleagues can be. You know, none of that none of that experience is the same as being being a guy that has to go out there and play against him. Then as someone put it in some chat of today, I forget which one because we're in so many, but yeah. And who would know better than the guy who just got walked by Nathan McKinnon on how good Nathan McKinnon is? Yeah, absolutely. It's I I'm, I've always thought it was weird that one, this award existed. That like there's just like a oh, we just made an award and let players decide who the best player in the world was. Uh, and then that it doesn't, it doesn't get the same kind of quote unquote street cred as the heart. Right. You know, I, like the heart is looked at as, Oh, this is, this is the award to win. It's the MVP, but it's the, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, the players, I not really like the players are voting on who the best player is, which is why Connor McDavid won it a couple of years ago because it was like, oh, you could maybe not give him the heart because his team didn't make the playoffs, but it certainly wasn't his fault. Yeah, you know, he's like the league on fire regardless. Right, he's doing everything he can over there. So, it, it, in in different different wording on the awards, you know, who's the most valuable player versus. Who's the best player in the league? Sure, um, but I I do think that you know from from their perspective, Ted Lindsay would matter. It would be like it would be like if there was a sports writer award, and the sports writers are voting on it. Oh, who's the best among their peers? And then the fans are were voting on it. You know who's yeah. our favorite to read right. or whatever. Right. You know, like you're. You're not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. To, you're not gonna look at the award that that the fans vote on and say, "Oh, that doesn't matter. I don't care about that," because obviously you totally do. For sure, them can the fans consuming our content is what keeps us employed and paid, and you know, kind of the roof over point. our head, and <laughs> you know, it provides our entire lives. Uh, but in similarly, like fans. You know the, the the writers cover the cover the teams and get out the stories and the messages and and relay to the fans. You know, if if there were no sports writers to vote on the heart, how much would it drastically change? I don't think it would change a ton. 
Um, but you would have, obviously, if fans were to vote on it and decide on it, they would just vote for their own guys more often than not. Yeah, that would just be which fan base is the biggest at a certain point. But I do want to get into the conversation of McKinnon versus Dreisaitl versus Panarin here. And in my totally not biased view, we're going to be showing McKinnon highlights during this conversation. So you can uh, you can tell who I'm going to choose. But AJ, look, Bednar made a case for McKinnon today in his interview talking about how, look, the guy was 43 more points than the next closest player on this team in yeah. Kale McCarr and played with pretty much every single forward in the Avs lineup at one point or another during the year. Yeah, I think it was like uh, there were nine or ten forwards that he played over 100 minutes with this year Yep, at even strength. And if you go and you look at, one, a normal year, uh, and two, some of the other top guys around the league, including Dreisaitl and Panarin, they don't have anything like that, that kind of <laughs> line mate disparity. That's not, that does not exist yep. for those other cats. Uh, they, McKinnon just kept going. It did, nothing stopped him. Yeah, right. He, except for the injury, which ended up being irrelevant. But <laughs> yeah, he missed one game. Yep. So ultimately, the a timely end to the season in that regard for Nathan McKinnon. But it it does show, and this is where this conversation is going to get hard with the Lindsay. Is there's zero doubt that he was the Avs MVP. Is he the best player in the league when you're looking at a Leon Dreisaitl who was going to win uh, the the points trophy? The, the name is Art Ross. Art Ross, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Artemi Panarin, who was far and away the Rangers MVP. What was your question? Uh, is Nathan McKinnon the best player in the league as to the, the wording of the Ted Lindsay? Sure. Sure? Uh, I mean... Yeah. Me personally, you can't make a slam dunk argument for any of those guys over the others and say this guy is that much better. I'm I I watch Nathan McKinnon up close every day. I'm sure I'm sure somebody in New York uh who watches our Timmy Panarin up close every day is gonna feel exactly the same way I do about McKinnon. If it's up to me, I'm giving it to McKinnon. Of course I am. Uh, I watch I watch him every day. I know exactly how special he is and what a huge difference maker he is for this team. Uh, he's just, he elevates. He's what makes, like, we love Kale McCarr, but McKinnon is what really makes this whole thing go right now. He's, he's the, the straw that stirs the drink, right? Like, he is... Sure. He is he is everything to the to to the Avs right now. Everything that they do, everything that they've built, relies on him being the superstar that he is for the rest of it to work as intended. So he and he gets it done. He he does all of that. It lives up to to to, to those expectations. He's unbelievable. Um, is he? Does he have the same kind of raw talent as Connor McDavid? No, I mean Connor McDavid is the best player in the world, I, and I don't, I don't, I don't know that it's all that close. To be honest, he's unbelievable, and yet he's not in this Ted Lindsay vote. 
yourself. Right. And that's, you know, I is he I McDavid, I think most talented, probably the best player in the league, but did he have the best year? Was he the best player this season? No. And those are different those are different conversations, right? Yep. Like if you were starting if you're starting a franchise with a guy, that's one conversation. But when you're looking at it in in through the lens of this one year, I I don't like Artemi Panarin was Artemi Panarin did what Nathan McKinnon did for the ads a couple years ago. Took a mediocre team and elevated them with spectacular play. Nathan McKinnon took a good team and turned them into one of the league's premier teams, uh, despite the fact that he had all of the injury issues. Oh my God, Kale McCarr. (laughs) (laughs) You're running these highlights of just what he just Good Lord, man. Making making full grown men look stupid at the blue line. (laughs) Good Lord. Yeah, I. I I I will vote for Nathan McKinnon. I'll say he should get it. Uh, if he doesn't, I won't. Artemi Panarin and Leon Draisaitl were insanely good players who had um, amazing years. They're they're great players, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and stunt on either one of them by 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 acting like there's there's worlds of difference between them and Nathan McKinnon. They're all incredible. There's not a wrong vote for me. I would still give it to Mac. That's fine. So, let me ask you, Colorado. Yeah, the Colorado people voting for McKinnon. Shock. Right. Like, (laughs) wow. Let me ask you this question. And I don't personally think this will play much of a role in which player ends up winning these awards and all of that. Mm -hmm. But which of these three, being Panarin, Dreisaitl, and McKinnon, are the best defensively? And. I'm fairly confident that it's not Dreisaitl. It's definitely not. This is where it's different because uh, McKinnon was okay this year, better than he normally is defensively. Yeah. Um, I really don't know how Artemi Panarin is defensively. I, From the eye, he looks a little apathetic at times. Um, I don't want to say that's lazy. I, I, I don't think that's fair. I just... And the thing, he's a wing. So right. unless oh. unless you're Mark Stone, you know, you're... <laughs> Your defense suffers from the wing. <laughs> like, you're just not having the same kind of impact, even if you're a really good defender. You know, like Val Nichushkin, Think of how valuable Val Nichushkin would be if he was as good as he was defensively, but a center. Yeah. Down the middle. We, yeah. would, be, we would be talking about signing that guy to a multi-year extension... As a shutdown uh, third line center forever, right? Yeah. And being a, being a, a key piece of multiple cup teams. Yep. But because you're on the wing, it's just it, it just the 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 impact is just more muted, even when it's even when you're an exceptional player. So, I mean, I'll give it to I'll give it to McKinnon over Panarin just because McKinnon wasn't bad this year and he's a center. I mean, McKinnon had the best defensive year of his career by like a good margin. Yeah. So. <laughs> It uh, in if again if we're talking about this in regard of the best player this season, I think I have to give the nod to McKinnon there as well. But that's like enough homerism, I suppose, from us as we do have to take our first period break, and it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR, my favorite, especially now that we have it on tap in multiple places down at the DNVR bar, which is open every single day. 
until 2 a.m. So be sure to check that out if you haven't gone down there yet. We have a bunch of awesome setups down there to, to just hang out, talk hockey or otherwise. And of course, once sports are back, there will be plenty of sports to watch down there. Breckenridge Brewery, support them, winning where you can, the farmhouse down in Littleton, or just pick it up from your local Davidson's or liquor store. And of course, we also have DraftKings, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Gotta tell you, DNBR's bets has been doing pretty well over there. Dre's making good money betting on uh, all sorts of wild things out there. But now, with hockey actually on the path to return, There are some good bets to be made here when it comes to hockey. Got an odds boost going right now. The Avs are plus 250 to win the number one seed out of the round robin play in the West. That is my pick of the week by a long shot. They're the second highest team there. Dallas is plus 550 or something, but don't bet on Dallas because it's not going to be them. Uh, St. Louis, I believe, is plus 125. So they're the favorites, but I think that's an easy steal for the abs. And uh, I know AJ's got one that's that's much juicier than mine. <laughs> oh, the um, right. Um, yeah. Edmonton sweeping. Chicago. Yeah. Yep. Edmonton in three is that's AJ's right. baby yeah. here. Yeah, and it's funny because I was so hyped on Chicago as as an upset when these brackets came out. And then it was like, but if you go back and you listen to that, it was all about Corey Crawford. Yep. And now Corey Crawford is not fit to play. Yeah, Corey Crawford's not healthy. They no longer have an NHL goaltender on their roster. And it's like, Edmonton in three, please. Yeah, Dreisaitl and McDavid versus Malcolm Subban is going to be a bad time. <laughs> like they have a fantasy U on that left wing right now, yeah. uh, next to those guys, and then you know you have Kyler Yamamoto and RNH, and good luck, man. Like, Either way, Edmonton a is really high end offensive team. A high end offensive team that's plus four fifty to sweep Chicago. So. Get on it while you still can with Crawford out. That could be a a good little market inefficiency to jump on and make a little bit of money with DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, they have a bunch of amazing no-brainer odds and deals as well when you download that top-rated app today. Be sure to use DNVR as the code for when you sign up and get a bunch of awesome deals everywhere all over the place, including up to a $1,000 bonus when you sign up. With that DNVR code, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and first best match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Cygnus, this story doesn't exist because it's illegal for Nathan McKinnon to break the 100-point mark. Uh, just a Just a rule of the universe at this point. Uh, but nonetheless, he is still the Av superstar nominated for the Ted Lindsay, which AJ, you would know better than I did as, as you did have covered the awards before in person. Do how seriously do the players take awards like the Ted Lindsay and other NHLPA nominated ones? The only player that I've ever talked to about this stuff is McKinnon. And he's never really, I don't want to say he doesn't take it seriously because that's not accurate, but I don't, I don't think like you'd love to win it. Right. Like anybody would love to win an award like that. Great. I want it. 
but I think that's probably more of what it is, is great. I want it not. I really want to win this. Although if he keeps finishing in like second place in the heart, uh, I, I think then that might <laughs> kick up some of the desire. Cause it's like, okay, I'm sick of this. Let me win something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, of the opinion that like, this is just in the conversations I've had with them, that this is like super important that he's like dying to win this. I think, as competitive as he is, I think it's like there are things he wants to win. Yeah, for and sure. that's what he's that's what he's focused on. That's what he's worried about. I mean, he said it himself at the start of the year, right? Like he knows he has a limited amount of time to win a Stanley Cup in his career. And and while yeah. obviously the Stanley Cup is the pinnacle, when you're building that pyramid, things like heart trophies are pretty high up on the list, relatively. <laughs> For for any given player, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the year, he told me uh, the next seven years will be the best time ever I ever will be at this game. I need to make it count. Uh, he's talking about Stanley Cups. He's not talking about heart trophies. Yeah, and I was joking with him um, um, apprehensively because you never know when he's not going to like where you take a conversation. Uh, I was joking with him once about not winning the heart. And he was like, yeah, I had I had friends who told me over the summer after I didn't win, oh, just go win it next year. And I'm like, oh, like it's that easy. <laughs> so just go win MVP in the NHL. Okay, sure. I'll just I guess I'll just go do that then. Like there was like I made a choice not to win it this last time. Um I think he'd like to win it, of course, right? Yeah. But I don't I don't know that this is like a I don't know. He's beating down the door. Yeah, I. Yeah, I think that's something that we'll see, like you said, as as the years go on, if he continues to not win these types of awards, they might start to mean a little bit more to him. Um, And, you know, granted, if the Avs do win a cup in the relatively near future, it, it makes some of those individual awards easier to set your sights on a bit, I think. So, yeah. And like, uh, um, if he wins like a con Smythe, like, I think that's something he would care a lot about. Well, you can't, basically you can't right. win that without winning a cup. <laughs> right. Like, I think, I think that one would be like, if you were, Hey, you want a con Smythe or do you want a heart? Yeah, take the I think he would take the con Smythe. <laughs> yeah. I think he'd be like, uh, <laughs> I don't need to ever win a heart. You give me a con Smythe. Right. Exactly. It, I mean, it's you say that, Cygnus, that the only accolade a player actively wants is a Hall of Fame induction, but things like heart trophies and all of that are building up to make a case for that, right? Right, like you need you need some of that stuff. Like when we were talking about Getzlaff, we were like, "Oh, how many times has he finished top five in the heart voting? You know how how many of these tip top seasons has he had? How many heart ballots did he appear on? Things like that." <laughs> you start, <coughs> excuse me. You get you get McKinnon finishing second, third on multiple heart ballots, and all of a sudden you're building the Hall of Fame case. Uh, Race Fan Rocks asks, who are the Avs Black Aces? 
realistically, there probably aren't any that are expected to actually play. Yeah. Um, but it looks like Bowen Byram and Connor Timmons certainly will be yeah. I mean, on we'll the see, roster. We'll it remains to be seen, of course, who it ultimately ends up being in total. But Yeah, who travels is, is going to be different than who's there right now. Yeah. Did sound like Connor Timmons had another very good day, though. So, I, I I had him making it either way. Yeah, it was it was Byram that was right on the cusp of if they want to take ten defensemen, which guy do they leave off? Because then you're leaving like it's easy to leave McDonald back, right? He's he's I think the easy one to leave. And then is it do they want to leave Lindholm or not? Yeah. Which, <clears throat> yeah, it, I. Some encouragement on Byram, you know, Bednar in his interview today did talk about it and said in preseason training camp, you know, he was just average. He was just okay. And so far in in two days of this one, he said Byram looks a lot more up to pace and a lot more ready for this, an NHL training camp, at least. They can't really speak to, to games and the playoffs or anything like that. Of course. But, uh, so encouraging in regards to it does sound like Byram's has taken some steps in Bednar's eyes, if not the organizations as a whole. Yeah, I didn't love his day yesterday, but there were there were even then there were good moments. Yep. And then obviously have to ask Evan about today. Yeah, which if you do want to check that out, Evan should be putting some of his thoughts in a post that will be going up. It's- literally happening right now yeah so there you go after this uh this podcast is over i'm sure that post will be up shortly if you want to check out evan's thoughts who was there watching everything live today but we do need to take our second period break here on the show and of course it's time for my favorite aj asking in the chat jt nut was saying do you guys have a bet going on your quarantine beards well the only bet i have going is that i am going to use manscaped to shave this thing off very very soon yeah same. Uh, because on it was honestly amazing so before manscaped i didn't actually have like a trimmer i just had my normal razor so when my beard would get this long i would have to take a razor to it for like an hour oh, to shave everything oh off and now you have an electric one, yeah. and it's just like... And it takes <laughs> literally, like, like one minute go. to shave it all off. So You can use, like, a commercial break in a baseball game yeah, to do it. Exactly. So I think I owe Manscaped uh, big time for that one. But if you want your Manscaped products as well, whether it's cutting down your shave by 99% of the time, or just wanting to keep things fresh, be it below the belt or above it, with breath mints, deodorant, toner, anti-chafe, you name it, they have you covered. Even something like a shave mat. So when you're shaving off this beard, you want to just collect all the hair. Super easy to use. Manscaped.com, and be sure to get your 20% off and free shipping when you use code DNVR20 at checkout. Now, of course, with hockey pucks flying through the air once again at team practices, you may also want to keep Green Mountain Dental on your speed dial if you're a hockey player. As <laughs> teams are going to get knocked out. Let's face it. It's just part of the reality of hockey at this point. But Green Mountain Dental has you covered as one of the best family dentists here in Colorado. They're just 15 minutes from downtown Denver, down in Lakewood, right by where I grew up, actually. Not too far at all. Highly recommend them. And, of course, they get you that free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Again, if the 
if the razor wasn't enough proof that the electric version of everything is better, an electric toothbrush is the same exact thing. Instead of having to brush your teeth manually the whole time, you just stick it in there and it takes care of business for you. All right. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo and AJ as my camera is still moving in and out of focus for no apparent reason. Diving in to the rest of camp here. There were a couple of differences today. Uh, number one being Andre Burakovsky moved up to the top line while Gabe Landeskog was moved down to the second line, uh, creating a second line of Landeskog, Kadri, and Nichushkin. And the general reaction from everyone that I saw was nobody going to want to play against that. Yeah. That's <laughs> how many times have I mentioned this during the season of yep. putting Landis Cog and Kadri together. And I don't, I don't care who the third guy is now that, now that they're like, Oh, let's take a look and see what Nachushkin looks like there. And you have Burakovsky up on that top line. I don't, <laughs> Bedner talked about in his presser yesterday after day one that they wanted to give Kadri a different look uh, playing a little bit of a shutdown role was kind of what they were thinking of going with for him in that line because they don't really have like a traditional defensive like stopper line you know that third line with Domestikov and Comfer and Donskoy that's nice like that's a nice line it's, those are good players but you're asking that line to score more than you are to stop it from scoring. Definitely. And your fourth line is your fourth line is like defensively oriented, but it's it's, it's a fourth line. It's an energy line, right? It's, yeah, it's a fourth line where you're like, if we get a goal out of this, we're thrilled. Yep. If we give up a goal, we're really upset. <laughs> Like the, the goals should not be going in when this line is on the ice. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, and that's, that's fourth lines for everybody. Everybody has the four. It, it's just the variation of, of how you feel about your fourth line and Colorado should have one of the better ones for a while, for the first time in a while. Um, So that leaves that, that leaves that second line kind of looking like, well, McKinnon will take best on best. Now, what do you want to do? Right. Okay. Now you need you need somebody that you're going to say we want to match them against whichever matchup they pick. Well, and so, and you know the Avs love their their zone start situationally too, right? You get an offensive yeah, yeah. zone situation. All right, maybe you can throw out the offensive minded third line. Yeah. Big face off in your defensive zone. You throw out Kadri, who's probably going to win it, and then even if he doesn't, you have Landis Gog and Nachushkin flanking him. So. Yep. It, it just, and the reality is, and Bednar has said this both days now, that the lines are probably going to be a fluid situation, even when it comes to the, the round robin games. Oh, but, and they should be. Like, it, it wouldn't make any sense unless you got instant chemistry and they were dominating round robin games. You should not be using that... Uh, to, to run out the same things over and over. You should be using those round-robin games to take looks at things. Yeah, and uh, the expectation is that the Avs will, which kind of leads us to our next topic, and maybe one of the biggest developing storylines early in camp here is the goaltending battle when when it comes to the Avalanche. Uh, 
both goalies did interviews today and and kind of brushed it off and said this isn't a competition between the goaltenders this is the abs versus whoever they're playing and both goaltenders are going to need to be ready on any given night <laughs> while true um you also did grubauer also did say look when i was at my best it's because i was playing every day that makes yeah, it a lot easier did. and that's I think that's a that's an important clue into how best to get the most out of Philip Grubauer. Yep. Because what did we see when he was even in Washington at the end of his tenure there? Uh, you know, we a lot of people that talk about how at the end of the year, yeah, exactly. But he was starting over Holtby going into that postseason where they won the Stanley Cup. Yep. He was yep. the starting goaltender going into the into the playoffs. Now he didn't play very well. He ended up getting pulled, and Holtby wrote, you know. Drew, drove them to a cup, but like Grubauer was the man down the stretch for them and him playing every day has consistently been the way to get the, the tip top results out of him. Uh, he, he started out as the backup. He figured it out. He accepted his role. And then as he got better, he started to need the, the games and the rhythm in order to, to get the most out of him. And we saw his first year in Colorado, when he was splitting time with Varley, he was very shaky. Yep. And when they finally he, went to him at after the worst part of the season, they yeah. finally moved towards playing Grubauer more and more and more. And that's when you saw him really yeah. start to come on. Well, he had that random shutout in Nashville. And yep. then they were like, okay, well, we have to give him another look. And then he just kept playing very, very well yep. to the point where he ended up taking the job pretty easily. And then was great in the postseason, did not leave any conversation for the postseason. Yep. And it made it very easy for them to move on from Varley. And and while Frankie outplayed him in small stretches this year, uh, Frankie's numbers are deceptively high, which we've talked about a lot. Many times, yep. And if you look, both guys were at their their, their best all season at the end when they were playing. Yep. Grubauer right before the injury was at his best. Frankie right before the shutdown was at his best. If they can continue that, they're in a great position. But if you're going to get the best out of Grubauer, you got to let him play. You have to I think let that's him what play. we've learned. And the, the reality, again, that we've been talking about a lot recently is the expectation is goals will be up. And, and Grubauer kind of touched on that as well, saying, look, there's not really any way for goaltenders to train and quarantine to the terms of being able to read hockey plays, right? Yeah, yeah. they can sit in their garage and do the like agility training and, and reaction sure. training, but it's not Stay the sharp. same thing. Yeah, it, but it, he said, you know, it, it takes a couple days. It takes a couple weeks just to get yourself back in and get your hand-eye coordinated and locked in when you're tracking pucks. Yeah. And that's going to be the interesting situation, right? Because can the Avs commit to riding a Philip Grubauer if things are a little bit shaky? Especially especially if they get through the round robin and Grubauer has been very iffy. If Frankie looks great, you've got to just go with him. Yep. Honestly, like I put out I put out that poll on Twitter last week I think about who would you rather play um, or who do you think starts game one and yep. it ended up like eighty three percent Grubauer but 
a lot of those people also said Grubauer, but right there, yeah. yeah, but it's a short leash, and I think the round robin games will have to determine that. But what you don't want to do is get into a playoff series where you're wondering every night who that goalie is. That's not good for anybody. It's not good for the goalies. It's not good for the team that's playing in front of the goalies who are wondering which guy, which guy, because they have different styles. They're different goaltenders. They have to adjust to the goaltenders in the same way that the goaltenders have to adjust to the team in front of them. The goaltenders are, I I struggle to say that they're ice generals. I think that's a little bit of an overstatement, except for in a few rare cases. But they are 100% talking with their defense and saying, hey, I want you to be here in this situation. I need you to be ready to clean up a rebound or let me see the shot if it's coming from X spot. There are tendencies that goaltenders are going to want. And if you have the defense flopping back and forth, it's going to be hard for them to do what the goaltenders want them to do. So it definitely extends beyond that, beyond the goaltender himself. If you're trying to provide consistency in what is going to be a tournament with very little consistency across the board. So we'll have to see. And at this point, we don't know. Uh, Over the course of camp, one goalie could certainly establish himself as the one who looks stronger. And maybe the abs just go with that. We'll see over the next two weeks. I, this is a problem for every team too. Like yep. there are some goaltending situations across the league that they've got to feed, you know, Varley versus Grice in, in New York. Um, the of the other New York team has three goaltenders that they're trying to pick from outside of like Hellebuck in Winnipeg and price in Montreal. <laughs> like there are not a ton of super locked in goalies. Yeah. There's a lot of situations where these camps, uh, because the goaltenders, you know, Staylock looked like he was going to take Dubnik's job. Yep. Um, Kemper versus Ranta, Saros versus Rene. You know, lots of, there are a lot of goaltending battles that are going to take place in this round robin. Um, you even, even uh, Bishop versus Kudobin in Dallas. They're, they're trying to was having a monster year. Yeah. Right. Like everybody is trying to figure this thing out. And whichever team gets the hot goalie at the very beginning is going to benefit by far the most, obviously. It's just a matter of who gets that. And this is such a situation nobody's ever been in before that there's none of them that you can, you can't look at history. You can't look at anything. There's no book to follow here. Exactly. They're all. You can't even look at the recent season because it's been three, it's been four, I'm sorry, it's been four months now since anybody's played NHL hockey. We're talking, these guys are just not in that. They're not the same guys. They're not in the same shape. They're not riding any of that momentum. Dude, just stop doing anything for four months that you do and, and go back to it and try and pretend like it's exactly the same. It's not. Even even driving, even when I was driving my car the other day, I was telling the fiance, I was like, I some of this is actually a little uncomfortable because I just haven't, I've only left my house a small number of times since March. Some of the like people stepping off the sidewalk and all that makes me a little uh, a little more panicky than I otherwise would be if I was driving every day and it was a totally normal thing, you know. The, even stuff like that. But now you're trying to stop shots in an NHL game in a in the postseason. Like this is this is an insane ask of these guys. And whoever whoever shows up first as as like the hot hand not just in Colorado, but league-wide, those are the teams that are going to advance it's, early on. It's pretty wild to think about, too, because 
as you said, you know, some of these guys haven't, well, not some, all of them haven't played hockey in four months and now they're right. back to training camps. And realistically, there's a good chance that one team and, you know, eight teams really are going to play hockey for one week and then have another three months, four months off. Right. Well, yeah, that's, that's exactly what's going to happen is that they've got two weeks of training camp. They travel, they have the exhibition, they have a couple of days of exhibition games and then meaningful and, games start. The yeah. qualifying round begins, and by August 10th, teams will be eliminated. <laughs> like half half of the teams in the qualifying round are going home. Yep. You'll have eight teams that are done. So it's it's got to be just a super strange mental yeah. preparation and, for something I mean, like we, that. We're talking about all these different aspects. And it's it's almost easy just to say, oh, well, goaltending is going to be key. Because yep. it always is. Like, oh, wow. That was quite the revelation there, fellas. But, but in this situation, whichever goalies right. come out hot. And this is what gives a team like Chicago a chance against an Edmonton is that Malcolm Subban could have a great week. And, and that's all he needs. Yeah. That's, that's all he needs. He, he has one great week and whoop. Wrecked that plan, and then my DraftKings pick of the week goes down the toilet, and I've wasted more money. <laughs> so, you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating. One of the most interesting things of of the this whole format, I think that I'm I'm looking forward to really enjoying is the randomness. Which which goalies crush? Yep. The, well. I think there's two factors there. There's going to be randomness of teams that get hot. And then we're going to see who the best teams are. What are the teams that they can overcome a hot goaltender in this crazy situation? And maybe the answer to that is nobody, you know, maybe Connor Hellebuck has a nine fifty save percentage for the entire playoffs and they win. Yeah. That's, and that's what makes normally, the grueling schedule of the NHL playoffs is is, is insane, and it's even amplified here. And that's why yeah. they say it's the hardest trophy to win in sports. Yeah, and, well, and coming off of a regular season, I know they give you like four or five days off, but momentum is real. Yep. You know, Philadelphia was the best team in hockey. All of a sudden, they were they were white hot. Look at, they were chasing everybody down. Look at Tampa, who took the last two months of the season off last year and got swept. Yeah, this year they uh when they when they won in Denver, it was their eleventh straight win. Yep. You know, like they were they were pushing, they were making that run at the right time. Boston was doing the opposite. Phil uh Pittsburgh doing the opposite. Mm-hmm. Washington doing the opposite. Remember, Washington and Boston were sliding ten miles in front of everybody in the Eastern Conference for yep. three months. And they let everybody back Boston, in. Boston not so much, but I mean, the gap closed. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I mean, it was still 11. It was down to 11 points, and they had like a 30-point lead at some point. So, yep. like, they were destroying the East, and Washington let their entire division back in it. Um, and so now all of that is all of that doesn't matter anymore. All that momentum is gone. Yep. This is the true, the true fresh start. Yeah, oh, yeah. Dallas... Dallas probably benefited the most from this because they had completely fallen apart and they, I think they finished two points ahead of Winnipeg 
Yep. Where how different does this look right now if Dallas is playing Calgary and Winnipeg is in the round robin? Whole different world. So it hockey being back is going to be great, but it's still going to be a very strange experience for everyone involved. Especially with the lack of fans and just yeah, annoying empty and- arenas, which I personally I'm a little bit hyped about. I really hope they still mic up the, the boards and stuff because I yeah. want to hear the game sounds badly, but it's, it's definitely going to be strange all the way around top to bottom. Either way, at the end of the day, Nathan McKinnon is still a Ted Lindsay finalist and there's a decent chance he can win it. So more hype for the abs. The, the train is off the tracks at this point, ladies and gentlemen. Get hype until the abs get eliminated, which maybe they don't. Who knows? Straight up, man. It's a good <laughs> so, way to put it. Get hype until they get eliminated. And then get hype about next year. Yep. There's, there's always something else to hype up, which we will be doing tomorrow's show. I believe we are having our, uh, our much-promised which abs will be representing their Olympic teams episode. So... Stay tuned tomorrow for that one. It should be a fun conversation. There's a a bunch of guys are going to be going, but the question is there's a couple on the edges that maybe they get in, maybe they don't. We'll have to see. Either way, any final thoughts before we get out of here, AJ? Not today. Not today. Love to hear it. AJ will be, of course, covering everything training camp for you guys tomorrow morning, so be sure to tune in to that. And other than that, MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. We have two of our very own at DNVR taking courses right now in Ali Monroy and Harrison Wind. From Harrison, he says the teachers are super engaged and extremely responsive to emails, questions, and concerns. Many of your teachers work in the same field that you're taking classes in, so they have real-life experience to provide you with, and it's a great opportunity to network with them as well. The course contents are high Highly relevant and at MSU Denver online you learn about things that you can use outside of the classroom so be sure to give them a try today whether you're a new student or one just looking to return to college and finish up either way they have a program for you both online and when classes do open up in person that way as well that's it for us Thank you, everyone, for listening or watching live or whether you're not live. However you consume this, it's always appreciated, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.